All right, here is a very thorny problem. What do you do if you are being subjected to abuse by a narcissist? And behind that is, what is narcissism? Where does it come from? What causes it? Well, here is a possible explanation. Ron McLean, a couple of Saturdays ago, defended his public knifing of Don Cherry. Now, apologies to those who do not follow Canadian hockey. Cherry was a beloved commentator. McLean was his longtime sidekick, who basically owed his career to Don Cherry. When Cherry was criticized for a comment made on air, which many people thought was completely innocuous, instead of supporting his friend and mentor, McLean denounced him on air. McLean, now perhaps loved in Canada about as much as Benedict Arnold is in the U.S., lamented publicly that he was torn between principle and friendship. He turned on Cherry, he claims, on principle. This, of course, is the opposite of the way it looks. It looks like abandoning his principle to save his job. It looks too much like Judas Iscariot claiming principle. Prince Andrew, meanwhile, asked why he continued to associate with Jeffrey Epstein, a convicted pedophile, explained that his error was in, quote, my tendency to be too honorable, unquote. Again, this seems the opposite of the truth. It seems on the face of it dishonorable to engage in possibly involuntary sex with unknown 17-year-old girls. And notice oddly that McLean maintains that denouncing a friend is principled, while Andrew maintains that even avoiding a friend is dishonorable. It cannot both be right. These two examples bring up our broader point. When someone does something immoral and refuses to admit it, just like McLean and Andrew here, they do not tell only a partial lie. They do not just try to ameliorate the fault or offer extenuating circumstances. For example, McLean might have been more believable had he said, I thought what Don said was reasonable when he said it, but others convinced me that it was wrong and that I had to speak out. That would still, no doubt, have been a lie by omission. It seems more likely that he was told he had to do it to save his job, but it would have been only a partial law, a fudge, a partial lie, a fudge, not a total lie. It probably would have helped his public image. People might have identified with his plight. Instead, he stuck with a completely implausible total denial, doubling down in doing so on condemning his friend. He condemned him all over again. Prince Andrew might have said, Yes, I knew the accusations, but I did not believe them. Again, surely a lie. He had been convicted in court, Epstein, but more believable. Some people fishing for an excuse to forgive Andrew might have seen one here. But that line he could not tolerate. It made him look, if not immoral, then someone with poor judgment. 
Instead, he offered a flagrant claim that what was a plain misdeed was actually an act of virtue. It was a foolish, self-defeating claim, as subsequent events have shown. It is hard to sympathize with anyone who has just publicly declared himself too honorable, more honorable than you and me, no doubt. So do we see here how narcissism might work? People who are determined, unrepentant sinners, to use the proper term, sinners, never tell only little lies. Instead of admitting guilt, they will aggressively assert the exact opposite of the truth and stress their morality and lack of flaws. If we listen carefully, in doing so, they generally reveal their guilt. By appealing to principle, McLean was in effect showing his awareness that what he did was unprincipled. By appealing to honor, Andrew was showing that he knew what he did was dishonorable. Why do people do this? Why do some people consistently tell not just partial lies, but blatant reversals of the truth? even when they are unlikely to believed, to be believed, even when it is not in their interest. This seems to be a common trait of what we call narcissists. Their conscience compels them to, realizing the enormity of what they have done. They feel a need to get themselves rhetorically as far away from it as possible. So they go 180 degrees from it. Or they will project the fault on someone else. And then you get scapegoating. This more or less explains on its own what we call narcissism. It is not necessarily, as the name suggests, high self-esteem. And this is why narcissists present ambiguously. Sometimes they seem to have very low self-esteem. It is the refusal to admit wrongdoing. The result looks like self-esteem. To avoid his guilt, McLean aggressively stresses how principled he is. Andrew stresses how honorable he is. You can readily see how this, over time, grows into what is sometimes called the narcissist's delusions of grandeur, their assertion of how very godlike they are. This is no doubt why Alcoholics Anonymous requires members to take a thorough moral inventory and admit the exact nature of their wrongs. Now, what does that do with alcohol? What does that have to do with alcoholism? This is it. If this is indeed the genesis of narcissism, the cure for narcissism is actually simple and clear, for all that conventional psychiatry finds it incurable. It is a clear recognition and admission of genuine guilt. This is why the alcoholic must hit bottom, as AA says. They must be confronted with the sin. They must be forced to admit it. But the sin is not necessarily alcoholism. Alcoholism is just a substance. It doesn't make you drink it. The real problem may be narcissism, or perhaps better, yes, settled vice. Pride being one of the settled vices. Gluttony, as in al drinking alcohol, being another. But there are
um, traditionally seven or eight deadly sins or vices, which can be subdivided into more. The same mechanism applies for any vice. Vices being settled habits of sin. Vices are sins that have not been repented and therefore become repeated. So the cure is exposure and admission. Exposure and admission of the narcissist is the key, if you can do it. If it can be accomplished, we have the cure. It's like Dorothy throwing the pail of water on the Wicked Witch of the West. We must throw cold water on the lies. Sounds easy, but it has to hit. Thank you for listening to the truth about dragons.